Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley. Texas A&M is just a couple of days away from kicking off SEC play, and we'll do so against Arkansas. And to learn a little more about Arkansas, we'll be lucky to be joined by Hogsport's Curtis Anderson. To learn a little more about the Razorbacks, Curtis, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem at all. Happy to be on with you. This, you know, this is a lot of, this is a really fascinating matchup in a lot of, in a lot of ways that, that we're, for sure going to dive into the pass defense versus A&M's offense. Um, want to get your thoughts. So Arkansas is off to a three and O start, obviously got the wins over Cincinnati and, and South Carolina. And then Missouri state was a bit iffy for a while there. What, what happened? Was it a case of looking ahead or, or what did you see as kind of the primary issues? Well, yeah, maybe a little bit of looking ahead. You know, there, there has to be a certain recipe for those big upsets mm-hmm. to happen. Right. I mean, the, the favorite team has to come out flat uh, Arkansas certainly did that. You have to have self-inflicted wounds. Uh, Arkansas did that with some penalties early in the game, uh, a couple turnovers on two of their first three drives, one fumble on the goal line that cost them. Uh, so those things start to add up on you. And, you know, the the other factor there is that it was Bobby Petrino's homecoming from, you know, Missouri State. Obviously, mm-hmm. the former Arkansas coach, kind of a crazy ending to that whole ordeal. So it was just kind of weird going into the game. Uh, Arkansas fell behind 17 to nothing, and, and it was a little bit dicey there. They kind of rallied uh, and, and made things a little bit more respectable by the half, and you thought maybe going into the second half that they were really going to take off and pull away uh, what happens. First drive, you, you have a, a pass that goes off your tight end's hands, interception, and, and next thing you know, Arkansas is down 10 in the fourth quarter uh, before the athletes just won it You know, with a couple big plays there in the end. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a little bit of coming out flat, maybe not looking ahead so much as not understanding maybe how good Missouri State is. That's a good FCS program there uh, that maybe they took a little bit lightly. They got schemed up a little bit by the former coach in Petrino, uh, but they figured it out there in the end. And, and now you look ahead. How do you learn from it? And, and obviously the thing that's glaring there, tackling for Arkansas and then figuring out some coverage issues in the secondary. That was going to be my question on on just the passing game. We know when I kind of watched it, it seemed like missed tackles have been a bit of an issue. I know a lot has been made about the injuries and all that. What are some of the primary issues that you've seen that, you know, Arkansas is ranked last nationally right now in pass defense? Yeah, you know, when you see that, you think, well, these guys just can't cover. And and I don't know that yeah. that entirely tells the story. Uh, you know, Dwight McLaughlin has, has been, you know, kind of a revelation for Arkansas as a transfer from LSU at corner. He had interceptions in, in each of his first two games, and he's done a pretty nice job over there. Um, the other side's a little bit more unsettled. You got Hudson Clark, who, who's maybe not the most athletic guy in the world, uh, but he's really smart. He understands the scheme. He usually keeps things in front of him. Uh, Malik Chavis is another long, kind of rangy corner. 
uh, who's really done a, a fair job for him. Uh, the problem with those guys has been tackling. Sometimes they'll be in the right spot, give up a catch, miss a tackle. It turns mm-hmm. into a big play, uh, but they've really been exposed in some other areas uh, on the back end, testing the safeties, the nickel position. Uh, they've struggled in coverage there. And, and then when you see, you know, a running back, tight end, what have you, get out in the flats and, and Arkansas having to cover maybe with their linebackers in space. Those have been some problem areas too. But, you know, Arkansas has given up over a thousand passing yards in three games. That's a lot. But 645 of those, so almost 65% have come after the catch. So that tells you they've, they've missed some assignments and given up some big plays, but they also have just not been able to finish with tackles. No doubt. That's the big thing I saw. What's What's been the buzz around Arkansas heading into this week? Obviously, snapped the losing streak last year against AM, And, you know, this is always a, a big game on both sides early in SEC play. What's been the buzz around the program heading into this one? Yeah, a big game. I, I think, you know, most of the fan base is hoping that they kind of got a wake up call last week. You know, Arkansas played really well the first two weeks of the season. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati, that is not an easy game to start with. Uh, South Carolina, I feel like they kind of dominated that one from start to finish and then had a little bit of a setback. So I, I think from the fan base, it's, you know, kind of wiping your forehead going, man, we kind of got away with that one and, and yeah. you know, moving forward and building on it. Uh, but, you know, the, there's a lot of buzz, you know, leading up to this game, a, a top 25 matchup. I think, you know, both of these teams probably came into the season, uh, you know, with the internal expectations of, of, hey, maybe we're ready to challenge Alabama for supremacy in the SEC West. So uh, this is a big matchup, SEC West. Uh, you know, you've got the neutral site. Love it, hate it. You know, I know it, it's kind of a controversial topic there, and, and we'll see how much longer it lasts. Probably not very long. Uh, But it's cool. You know, Sam Pittman talked about how it's kind of a a middle of the year bowl like atmosphere with the fan bases split uh, and and playing in a stadium like AT&T just kind of adds to the atmosphere. And, uh, you know, even when when Arkansas was losing nine in a row there, a a lot of times these games are wild, uh, close and, and, you know, exciting. And I I wouldn't expect anything less this weekend. No doubt. And obviously, Arkansas kind of jumps right into it in SEC play with Alabama next week as well so has there been a talk around the program about it's time to ratchet it up now and you mentioned the Missouri State game being potentially a wake-up call has there been kind of a message of it's go time now with A&M and Alabama right out of the gates or yeah absolutely that's something that we've heard uh you know it's not even just from the coaching staff or from the players that we've interviewed over the course of this week you know it's uh not hasn't been your typical you know early season tune-up games uh, maybe Missouri State was supposed to be that, but that was a dogfight, probably the, the most difficult game that they've had so far. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the players understand that, you know, things get real now, and, and it is the, you know, the opener for the SEC West. And you kind of look at this stretch for Arkansas, <clears throat> excuse me, these four games here are really going to define the season for the Razorbacks. Uh, you've got Texas A&M here on the neutral side. You've got Alabama coming to your place. You know, Arkansas – I felt like they might have missed an opportunity there last year, losing at Alabama by a touchdown. That's been a game that they've had circled for a long time. And then you hit the road at Mississippi State and then at BYU, which is a really weird game to play in the middle of the season Mm non-conference before you get a bye week. And, you know, so if you're an Arkansas fan, you came into the season thinking, hey, you know, is this going to be the year where we maybe take it to the next level and and get nine, ten even regular season wins well you got to get through this four game stretch with your head above water and it obviously starts with a tough task with texas a&m this weekend no doubt i feel like both sides kind of you look at a&m now they start their run of arkansas mississippi state alabama and south carolina this is a huge game for both sides just in terms of 
of what's coming up. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back from this break, we're going to discuss a player, a couple players to know and a couple storylines on both sides of the ball. So we'll be right back after a quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. As Again, joined by Curtis Wilkerson from Hog Sports. Curtis, got to start with KJ Jefferson. I feel like everything on the offensive side kind of starts with him where where have you seen him grow through these first three weeks of the season off of last year i think it starts with his decision making just you know he seems a lot more comfortable back there his reads are more solid uh he's been more accurate with the football and that's that's a good thing to say about him he actually had the second highest completions uh percentage for a single season in program history last year uh, but he's really improved his footwork. He's gotten better in that short and intermediate range. Uh, he struggled with the slants for a while last season. It, it, was, it was kind of irritating, I think, for fans, but he got better throughout the course of the year. He's always had a pretty nice touch on the deep ball, um, but he's been accurate. He's completing over 70% of his passes. Uh, really keeps the ball out of harm's way. He's got one interception on the season. Mentioned that earlier. You know, it's one that hit his tight end right in the hands, bounced into a defender's hands. So, uh, you know, I, I think in terms of managing the game, uh, he's done a really nice job for the Razorbacks. Uh, obviously, the dual threat capabilities. I mean, this is a guy that's 6'3", he's 245 pounds, uh, not afraid to run it. In the first two games, he was averaging 18 carries per. Uh, ratcheted it back a little bit. I, I think he only had nine carries against Missouri State. I, I think probably a, a middle ground there would be ideal for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he can, he can run it, he can throw it and he, he's really been a good leader for the Razorbacks and, and you're right. He's kind of the engine that makes everything go for him offensively. No trail and Burks, obviously he's off to the NFL. Have they put a lot more on his shoulders this year with a guy like him out and, and have they kind of leaned on KJ Jefferson more? Or? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that was probably the biggest question about KJ coming into the season. You know, last year he, he put up good numbers, you know, we mentioned, uh, his completion percentage, but that, that's quite the safety blanket to have there in Traylon Burks. You can just yeah. throw it up to him and let him go get it. And so the question was, how are they going to replace that production? You know, is he going to be able to spread things out a little bit more? Uh, and, and they've done some work in the transfer portal and, and so far so good. Went and got Matt Landers out of Toledo. Uh, this guy is 6'5", you know, 200 pounds. He's long. He's athletic. He, he's got the ability to get behind the defense. Uh, you know, a guy that came from Toledo, started his career at Georgia. So he's got some SEC experience. He's been really good for the Razorbacks. He had seven catches for 123 yards last week. Uh, kind of that breakout performance I think they were looking for from somebody from that receiver room. And then Jaden Hazelwood, a guy who led, you know, Oklahoma last season in receptions and, and touchdown catches. Uh, he's come in well and, and kind of filled Burks' role. Burks, as big as he was, played a lot in the slot. 
and, and Hazelwood's been able to do that for the Razorbacks and, and fill in there quite nicely. So uh, between those two guys and then Warren Thompson, who's a returner from last year, that it's really come a long way and gotten more confident. Uh, they've, they've done pretty well there in the passing game so far. Uh, but honestly, the, the story with this team is the rushing attack. That's their bread and butter behind that big offensive line. And uh, so they're going to line up and do everything they can to run it at you. And it's more of a pass when you have to kind of deal. No doubt. And yeah, speaking of, of him, Rock, Rocket Sanders has kind of stepped forward into that primary back this season, has had a really great start to the year. What have you seen from him as he's kind of stepped back into that lead, in, stepped into that lead back role? Yeah, well, you know, he came in as an incredible athlete. I think that's what he was listed on his recruiting profile was an athlete. You know, he played a lot at receiver, yeah. played on the defensive side of the ball, played some running back, and, and Arkansas liked him there you know, at, at that running back position. And last year, uh, he looked like an athlete who could run the ball, and this year he looks like a running back. I think he's really got a good understanding of reads, uh, better pad level, and just a better understanding of the scheme. And it's really paid off because he's got the physical tools. I mean, he's 6'2", 227 pounds, so a big back. Uh, he's got some breakaway speed. Uh, and it really, he's really been a revelation for Arkansas. I mean, if he has another 100-yard game here, he's going to surpass last season's totals as it is. Uh, and the Razorbacks needed that. This was a really good rushing attack last season, uh, but it was kind of multi-pronged. You had four different guys, including K.J. Jefferson, who rushed for over 500 yards. Uh, so you thought maybe it would be a multi-back system again. Uh, Dominique Johnson had off-season surgery. He's been kind of working his way back into things. And, and so Rocket has really assumed that feature back kind of bell cow role. Uh, he's averaging over 20 touches per game and, and is really doing a, a fantastic job for the Razorbacks this season. When you look at, obviously, A&M's last two opponents, Appalachian State and Miami, both have kind of gone to that ball control type of offense and really controlled the time of possession. Is that something you feel like Arkansas is going to look to do as well behind Rocket Sanders and, and K.J. Jefferson? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think if they can find success, you know, in the running game and moving the chains, that's something that they're definitely going to look to do. Uh, in the SEC opener a couple of weeks ago against uh, South Carolina, they rushed sixty-five times in that game, and, and you had more than twenty from Rocket. Uh, I think KJ Jefferson had eighteen to twenty in that game, and they've got some other guys that they'll look to there. You know, sophomore and AJ Green, uh, who's had some big runs for them in the past. Yeah, I think he had a touchdown against Texas A&M last season. Uh, Rashad DeBinion, a talented freshman that they they really like what they're seeing out of him, kind of a change of pace, fast back. Uh, and then Dominique Johnson, you know, that's a guy who rushed for over 500 yards for him last year. Another big physical rusher. He's 245 pounds. Uh, hasn't seen game action yet, but he has been cleared. So you're just wondering when he's going to get his opportunity. Maybe it'll be this weekend. We'll see. But yeah, I, I think, you know, if, 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 if I'm Arkansas, I'm probably looking at this one saying, well, I probably need to try, you know, at least from the onset, uh, to take that app state mindset of, of controlling the ball on the ground, moving the chains, time of possession, extended drives. And if they can find success there, I, I think they'll just continue to do it. Yeah. I think it's safe to assume opponents are just going to keep kind of following that formula until A&M proves they can kind of stop it and, and switching gears to the defensive side of the ball. You know, one of the interesting things about this Arkansas defense is you, they lead the sec in sacks. Uh, with Drew Sanders, obviously he's he's been a guy that's that's already generated a ton of buzz. What what ways does does Barry Odom look to use him? And and you know obviously he's fit in really well early on there. Yeah, I mean Drew Sanders has been incredible. He, he might be one of the best pickups of the offseason out of the transfer portal for anyone. And uh, you know Arkansas coming into the year, you were worried about linebacker a little bit. It, it was great to have Bumper Pool coming back, but when you lose guys like Grant Morgan. 
and Hayden Henry, who are big leaders for you, both guys who had over 100 tackles last season. Uh, you're wondering how you're going to fill that void. And, and Drew Sanders is the guy who's able to do that, but he does it in a different way. Uh, he's bigger. He's more athletic. You know, Arkansas hasn't had uh, one of those hybrid type guys in a long time. They'll, they'll play him there at inside linebacker, uh, but they'll also bring him down to the line and rush him off of the edge. And, and so they can put him in a lot of different spots. Uh, he's a guy that can move side to side, get sideline to sideline in a hurry. Uh, and, and really, you know, I think Barry Odom has realized that he's got a, a pretty unique talent in Drew Sanders. So he uses him in a variety of ways, rushes him from different areas. And so far he's had a lot of success, like you said. Uh, you know, Arkansas is leading the SEC in sacks, and, and Drew Sanders is the leader there with, with five and a half, whether he's coming straight through the middle or, or they line him up on the edge and turn him loose. It seems like Barry, Barry Odom's also tried to mix fronts a little bit more this year. Is that something that was an emphasis coming into the year to maybe go with some four-man fronts, three-man fronts, and, and mix things up? Yeah, 100%. I think they did want to be a little bit more multiple and versatile there. Uh, they weren't sure what they were going to get out of that defensive line coming into the season. They lost essentially all of their starters from last year. Uh, and, and you really wondered about the depth on the interior after the loss, Torian Carter, uh, who kind of figured in maybe to be that starting defensive tackle. Uh, he got hurt in the spring game and, and he's still working his way back. So they weren't really sure what they had there, but they've had some returners who've really stepped up uh, an Isaiah Nichols and Eric Gregory uh, on the interior. They got a transfer from Arkansas state and Terry Hampton, uh, who's done a really jo good job of clogging things up and commanding some double teams, freeing things up for those linebackers. Uh, and then off the edge, you know, you've just had a couple of returners who've just gotten better, really, and Zach Williams and Jashad Stewart. And then that transfer portal continues to be kind to Arkansas. Uh, Landon Jackson, big six foot seven defensive end from LSU. Uh, he's gotten off to a nice start, but, but maybe the, the bigger story is Jordan Dominic out of Georgia Tech, uh, who's had multiple sacks and multiple games so far for the Razorbacks this season. Uh, they have, I think, better depth maybe than they expected to, uh, which has allowed them to run a lot more four-man front. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's some give and take there. You know, last year you saw a lot of 3-2-6 out of Arkansas, keep things in mm -hmm. front of you, a lot of zone coverage, swarm to the football. Uh, well, now you're seeing more four-man fronts, more blitzes. They're getting a little bit more creative, uh, maybe relying a little bit more on man coverage out on the, on the perimeter and so there's the give or take, right? Arkansas last year had a you know a top half of the SEC passing defense. Uh, they were only ahead of Vanderbilt in sacks. It's almost completely flipped this year, where Arkansas is really getting hurt, in the, you know, in the passing game. But they they lead the SEC in sacks and in run defense so far. Now, Dan, you look at obviously losing a guy like Jalen Catalan in the first week of the year was was a big loss. What? How is how have they looked to kind of account for that loss? Are the guys kind of stepping into that role, and and how much has has maybe the loss of him contributed to things on the back end being problematic? Uh, it's it it's really hurt. You know, he's he's kind of the quarterback on the defense back there, uh, and when you think about a team who's struggling in pass defense and tackling, uh, well, he could have solved a lot of those issues for sure. Um, again, you know, Arkansas did help themselves in, in the offseason by going out and getting the Latavius Brini out of Georgia uh, to come in. He's kind of filled in into that safety spot. Uh, you know, Arkansas has also been without Miles Slusher, who was their starting nickel, uh, who actually played a lot of safety after Catalan went down with his shoulder surgery last year. He kind of stepped in and filled that void. Uh, a guy that was, you know, on the right trajectory there. Arkansas is expecting, hopefully, to have him back this weekend. And maybe that changes some things for him. But uh, yeah, it, it, you know, they've been trying a lot of different guys down there, a, a lot of different combinations in that secondary, trying to find who are the best five or six guys that we have. 
uh, and what positions can you put them in? So you've had some, you know, some corners dropping back to safety, uh, safety's moving over to nickel. They're doing a lot of mixing and matching and, and in cross training, trying to find the right combinations because obviously it, it has been an issue for them so far this year. And yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a, a different look out of them on Saturday. Now, and I'll let you out on this. Um, looking at the keys to the game, what do you kind of see as the keys to the game? And, you know, everybody kind of is predicting it to be a close game. What do you kind of see there? Yeah, you know, I, I think for Arkansas, the keys, it comes down to defensively, can you continue to generate pressure? You know, I, I think that's really what's been the plus for them. Uh, defensively so far with that line and Drew Sanders, can you, can you make Max Johnson uncomfortable? I, I think if they can do that, they'll be in a pretty good spot. And then improve tackling. You know, I, I look at Texas A&M and I see guys like A-Chain and, and I Smith. Uh, those are problem guys when they get out in space. They can make guys miss. And Arkansas struggled with that. So are you going to be able to swarm to the football uh, and finish tackles and then limit the big chunk passing plays? I know Texas A&M hasn't had a lot of those so far this season, but they certainly have some weapons. It, it seems like they're getting healthy. Uh, eliminate those big plays and make them sustain drives if you're the Razorbacks. Uh, and then on the other end, like we talked about, I, I think Arkansas is going to really try to establish the run. Uh, and if they can have success there, it obviously bodes well for them. Uh, you know, if, if they have to challenge that secondary in the passing game, we'll see. You know, Texas a and is pretty salty back there. So I, I do think this is a great matchup. It's a fascinating matchup. Uh, you know, I, I like where Arkansas is at maybe right now at this point in the season a little bit better. Uh, but nothing surprises me in a game like this. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I don't think either side's really played their, their best game yet, so it's going to be kind of fascinating to to see how how things kind of kick off to begin conference play. Curtis, thanks again for joining us, and and that'll do it for this week's edition of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. As always, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube, and give us a five-star review if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back next week to break down this game against Arkansas, look ahead to Mississippi State, and, and plenty more as well. Until then, have a great week, everybody.